and thank you for listening to episode 508 of 60MW. I'm Dave. And I'm Tom. And this is the Decade of Decadence show for May, June and July 2023. It's been a while, mate. Oh my God, yeah. I didn't realise we just started recording how long it's been. Good <laughs> Lord, two months. Yeah. Plus. Plus, yeah. Well, we're recording this in the middle of July and uh, going to release it a few days later. And we've got... I think the uh, collective term is a shit ton of stuff to talk about. Uh, so much 80s related stuff, mate. It's unbelievable. Really, it's the stuff. Yeah, my the, God. The news that's out, the stuff that I've done, the stuff that you've done. Uh, so much to chat about. So much, in fact, that uh, we did this not too long ago, actually. This is a catch-up show. There's going to be no movie chat in that um, because, well, we've just got that much to talk about. And... We'll hold over the movies until the next show. Um, yeah, stick with us because <laughs> even though there's no movies, there's some damn interesting stuff to talk about. I do want to do a bit of housekeeping as well about all the way back when we last recorded the last show. We've been doing the top five things, haven't we? You know, if you could only watch five movies by one director, et cetera, et cetera. And the yeah. last one I did, and it's my fault afterwards, after I put the show out, I thought, fuck. I've not worded that right, and it's um, it was the top five. I don't know what I said exactly. I should have specified you can only ever listen to five movie soundtrack albums, not scores, because movie scores are different to movie soundtracks. Yeah. So, aha, uh -huh, yeah, this is this is where I didn't get too specific about it. Uh, we have had one reply in the last couple of months, um, so I will retweet and we're also yeah. now we're also now on threads as well so please follow us on threads 60mw podcast same name uh i'll put the the same question out before we record again which i'm presuming tom will be about the end of august because that'll be the august show then we'll be back hopefully yes. to yes, a normal yeah. monthly uh, release schedule uh yeah so it'll be the top five soundtrack albums if you could only ever listen to five of them again mm -hmm. not not movie scores movie soundtracks email tweet what do you say? Threaders? What's the thing if you what is it if you're on Threads? Drop thread? us a thread. Yeah, drop us a thread. No, isn't Fred isn't Fred the thing you post? Yeah. No, yeah, yeah, no, drop us a thread. I don't know. Yeah, reply to the thread. Do some on threads or Twitter yeah. or email. Up to you. So yeah. You can only ever listen to five soundtrack albums. What are they? Uh right, I thought, mate, before we get into all this eighties related stuff that we've got to talk about, uh Let's get the bad stuff out of the way, nice and early, and me pressing this button. You might be a king or a little street sweeper, but sooner or later you dance with the reaper. <laughs> Luckily, he's been quiet, mate. Can you believe it? In all this time, there's I've only got three names. Oh wow! Yeah, uh, the first one, Tina Turner, eighty-three. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh dear. Um, never saw her live, unfortunately. No, no, same. Would have loved to have seen her live. Um, and as usual with this bit, best of the eighties for Tina Turner has to be the best for me. That song, yeah, the, uh, yeah, the best is the best yeah, is absolutely. the best. Uh, absolute icon. <clears throat> Excuse me, absolute icon. Yeah, had a had a bit of a, a love hate relationship with that record because it was played at my dad's funeral, and for many years afterwards, I couldn't listen to it. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. I think I think I've mentioned before on the show about this with. Uh, you beat a disco, and inevitably this would be one of the songs that would be played. Yeah. I'd, I'd just have to walk out. <laughs> I was literally walking out of the room 
because I couldn't handle listening to it. Uh, but thankfully, for quite a while now, I can listen to it and it's all right. It, it doesn't bring yeah. any back, you know, any bad memories or anything. So, uh, yeah, very, very sorry to see Tina Turner go. Uh, also, yeah. Jim Brown, uh, 87, big Jim Brown. Yeah. Big Jim Brown uh, awesome American football player, but he had a great movie career too. Uh, mm. Loads, loads of amazing movies uh, that he's been in. So my pick from the 80s for Jim Brown isn't going to be The Running Man. It's a PM entertainment movie, mate. Of course it is. <laughs> from 1989, LA Heat. Uh, ah, yeah. Any new listeners, uh, yeah, I do have a massive crush on all the PM entertainment output. <laughs> it's, uh, oh, yeah, I still need to chase it. I think it was, thanks to Tina, um, getting me a load of them one year. I think I've got a hundred, a hundred and seventeen titles, something like that. PM. Now there's not many that I need to complete my collection. So uh, yeah, it must be almost done. Yeah, it's nearly there. And then finally, uh, aged only sixty-five, Julian Sands was confirmed. Um, yeah, yeah, they, they found his remains up in the mountains there a few weeks ago. Which is, yeah, that's a that's a shame. So I think we. So it coming, unfortunately, but yeah. yeah, yeah, horrible, horrible. Yeah, been missing for so long. And I caught Warlock from 1989. Yeah. To me, you say Julian Sands, immediately Warlock springs to mind. Uh, so yeah, there was only those three, which is good. But also, let's just brighten it up because we've had a few birthdays as well. Happy birthday, happy birthday. Now then, the first birthday July the 6th. <laughs> I've got to press this button even before we get to the section. Yo, Polly! Sly. Sly was 77, mate. 77! Hard to believe, isn't it? No. <laughs> what do you mean, no? Look at him. Yeah, he's, he's, in, oh, he's in his prime, mate. He's in his prime. <laughs> you wouldn't think he was three years away from being 80. Oh, my word. Uh, another birthday, and this was back in May. This was May the 23rd. Uh, and there's another button I've got to press before I say this name. You know what this music means, mate. On May the 23rd, the OG, the original granny from my OAP hot list. Oh, God. Joni was, ni- no. was 90. 90, wow. 90. Joni at 90. I'll just reflect on that for a minute. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Please don't. There we go. That's the birthdays. That's the Reaper and the birthdays done, mate. Good. <laughs> we can now get on to... Let's talk some movie stuff. Let's get into some 80s-related movie stuff. Uh, Beetlejuice 2 has started filming. Have you seen any photographs from it? Any little videos? No, but this sort of brings me into one of the things I was getting up to uh, in this time. Oh, go on. Which was a screening of Tim Burton's Batman, nice. uh, followed by a screening of The Flash a couple of weeks before it came out. Mm-hmm. Um, and in between that was a Q&A with uh, one and only Michael Keaton. Oh, you were. Actually, you, uh, you're in a photograph with Michael Keaton. Yes, or more accurately, one of my orange converse <laughs> is in a photo of uh, Michael Keaton. To be fair, though, you were front row watching him. Yeah, yeah, I've got a really good, really good spot. I wasn't going to go front row because front row in the cinema, normally a neck ache, but mm. 
this place was the screen was quite a ways back and reclining seats so yeah and you know when you're going to be that close to michael keaton as well you've got to take that opportunity surely yeah exactly um he was uh he was you know he was promoting the flash uh but he was very very pumped about beetlejuice too which they are filming he was uh yeah he was very excited about that so uh well you say they're filming it uh no they're not now well yeah actually not much is filming it at all as we record no no the uh we as we record this is the uh the pickets have just begun for the actor strike obviously the writing strike's been going on for a little while now um but yeah the actor strike has uh, just kicked in so um yeah nothing's going to get filmed until their people are paid what they deserve to be paid mm-hmm. yeah it was noticing ai shit is oh god <laughs> no yeah yeah, I can just imagine that. Oh my god, what a what a future that would be! Mm, no way. Mm-hmm. Um, a bit of movie related bad news. Dolph Lundgren, and this was a while ago, you know, since we last recorded, uh, came out and said he's been battling lung cancer for the last eight years. And wow, that, yeah, yeah, and he was worrying that it was uh, steroid use was to blame. Maybe I don't mm. know. Uh, I haven't seen any updates since then, so I'm hoping that he's okay. Uh, yeah, he was at the Comic Con. Um, that was at um, last Sunday. I didn't see him though, or even a stand for him. But maybe he was just there on Saturday. But yeah, yeah. And obviously, he's he's obviously in Expendables Four, which I'm sure you'll be talking about in a bit. Um, mm-hmm. So he's still in that. So yeah, I hope he's doing okay. Yeah, yeah. Let's, in this case, I think no news is good news. So in in that respect, let's hope we hear nothing else about that one. Uh, in in sort of no news, this is news which isn't news because when I saw it, I thought, well, yeah, obviously. Uh, but it came out as a news piece that Robert Englund, now aged seventy six, says he is officially finished playing Freddy Krueger. Well, yeah, I mean, they had <laughs> they, they had a chance to bring him back, you know, that twenty ten one or whatever it was, mm. and. Yeah, could have still done it. And I mean, he he still looked the part. I mean, he's done, he did a bunch of conventions, you know, where he, they did him up as Freddy. Um, could have still done it. Uh, yeah, no, no, I'm not surprised. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, I'm, I'm imagining acting, you know, he won't probably be acting as much these, day, these days now. So, yeah, yeah. 76 year old Freddy Krueger, you know, and he's just quite a physical part as well. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Incredibly so. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's always talk of another reboot of Elm Street. Uh, obviously, they should just leave it alone. But mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's my specific movie stuff. Have you got any uh, movie-related stuff that you want to talk about, mate? Yeah, probably. Um... <laughs> <laughs> you've, you've seen a few. Well, yeah, I'm just trying to keep one, it especially the... that I know is definitely eighties. Yes, yeah, we'll talk about that. You know, I know you've not seen it. Uh, one that you did see was the uh, Michael J. Fox documentary. Still, yes, yes, that was um, that's a recommended one. Very well done, I thought. Oh yeah, I thought it was brilliant documentary and didn't go down the whole you know poor me route. Yeah, all... you don't feel sorry for him or anything like that. No, you know, Which is... positive guy. You know, a good example. I mean, the stuff he does. You know, his charity work for Parkinson's and that is amazing. The amount of money that he's raised is incredible. And that was backed up by all these scientists uh, saying the research and the the forward steps that they'd made in the research, thanks to the money he's raised, is, uh, is you know, is commendable, definitely. Yeah, no, 100%. Um, yeah, really is. 
but yeah, inspirational guy for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he's still got a, a great sense of humour as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, incredibly so. The scenes where him and his family were just like very touching and heartwarming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, just basically just taking the piss out of each other. So, <laughs> Yeah, strong recommendation if nobody's seen yeah. it yet. Um, and yeah, uh, you referenced it earlier, mm-hmm. uh, well, about a minute ago. Um, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. I'm sure a lot of people have seen it now. Or, well, I suppose everyone who really wants to see it has seen it by now. Mm. Did okay at the box office. Um, probably would have been, if it didn't cost $300 million to make, it probably would have. Oh, my God. Uh, I just don't know where that money went. Like, it wasn't on the CG, like the Flash, like. Oh, some of the CG was rough, um, and uh, yeah, I'm just—it's oh, just like where does this the de-aging and like there's a the scenes where he's on a horse in New York City and it just looks dreadful. Uh, you got to wonder where all this money goes. The film was fine, mm-hmm. I thought. Um, I can't really go much further than that. Um, he's good. Um, the action's good. But it's just it's better than Crystal Skull, which is faint praise, but Yeah. It's fine. If so for the people like me that haven't seen it yet, is there is there an ending to it? Does it pot you know, does it tie a bow on his story or does it leave it open for any possible No, it's it's an ending from It's an ending. Okay. And it's not and there's no sort of Oh, maybe this character will be wearing the hat next time there's no it feels like yeah. that's it but because that was it with crystal skull wasn't it it was like oh Shia yeah, could be wearing yeah the hat. But, but i thought they always made the point of like um harrison ford took the hat away from him yeah um at the end um and that felt like a bow so um <laughs> we'll see but yeah we'll see i yeah. don't know hopefully like there's no way he's doing another one i don't think but no it will be his is AI visage written by written by a computer starring a computer? Oh, God, let's <laughs> that's, hope that's not the way things go. Every movie in about ten years' time, mm. yeah, yeah. And, and it'll be a sequel. There'll be no original stuff. It will be a sequel to something that's out as well. That's all it'll be. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I've got another movie-related thing or, mm. or day. Um, last Sunday. Um, Went to the Comic Con. You uh, did, yes. Uh, London Film and Comic Con. Uh, me, uh, Chris Howard, and his mate Ian uh, went along. Yearly tradition, as you know, going and be a for July the summer Comic Con there. Yeah. Um, it's a lot smaller scale than uh, it normally is. Hmm. Um, they were also running the same company. We were running a Lego brick fest thing in the same building, uh, which took up space. That was a separate entrance fee. A bit dodgy you know mm. charging the same entrance fee there seemed to be less guests there was less stalls but as you may remember from uh when i bought the ticket there was a very special two very special reasons i was going um mm-hmm. to meet two action movie martial arts icons cynthia rothrock uh former guest from the 80s picture house yeah. and the one and only chuck norris You've you've so, been through uh, recently. You've been through a bit of a Cynthia-thon and a bit of a Chuck-a-thon with your movie yes, watching as well. Haven't yes, you? yeah, I've been uh, watching some of them back because it's been a long time for some of them. Um, so yeah, in the build-up, 
Um, so yeah, we got there. We all got there for uh, in the end about eleven, and um, they uh, we my Cynthia Rothrock photo shoot with Cynthia was at twenty past eleven. Yeah. So I was just like, uh, went to that first, and you know, it was brief. It was just like, hey Cynthia, hey photo gone, and I was just like, okay, I'm probably going to meet her later and get like a uh, Blu-ray sign. So that's not the end of the world. But yeah. when when it's Chuck time, um, you know, I'm going to say a bit more than that, <laughs> even if it's an extra sentence. Yeah. So um, yeah, we wandered around. Um, uh, Chris's friend Ian went to meet a couple of people out of Stranger Things. Around midday and then about one o'clock. It's time for Chuck. Well, twenty past one. It was busy. There was a lot of people there to meet Chuck, and they went through all the diamond pass ticket holders, all the gold pass ticket holders. Um, and then I was sort of just in the queue, almost ready to meet Chuck. About forty minutes later, it was a it's a lot of people to get through. Yeah. Um, and yep, went into the photo shoot area. There he was um, in all his glory. <laughs> um, and then it was my go, and I walked up to him, and he's like, "Hey, buddy!" And I was just like, "Oh my god, Chuck oh, Norris just called me buddy." You're Chuck's buddy. Holy shit! Yeah, yeah. And he was so like genuine and enthusiastic as well. Like this is the second day he was there, and a second photo shoot, and he'd been signing. And it's you know, it's he's he's eighty three. Mm. Um, it's tiring um, for anyone, and I know he's in good shape because he's you know he's Chuck Norris, isn't he? So yeah. Um, but yeah, he said. Hey, buddy. And I was just like, hi, Chuck. It's amazing to meet you. And he's like, oh, the pleasure's all mine. And we <laughs> shook hands and he turned it into like the power the power thing. I'm sure you could put the photo up on the uh, yeah. podcast notes. Yeah, we'll do, like, yeah. The power handshake. And then got a photo. The photo is brilliant. Oh, it's, like, I love it. <laughs> absolutely brilliant. Um, and, you know, like we shook hands afterwards. I sort of said thank you, sort of like patted on the shoulder. And that was it. But that's all, all I wanted, you know, like I knew it wasn't going to be like a, wouldn't be able to get into a discussion about forced vengeance or yeah. the hitman or missing an action or anything like that. But, you know, just to have that brief interaction yeah, was well God, worth yeah. it. The photo was amazing. What what a moment. <laughs> well worth it. Well worth a, a redacted, not saying it, amount of money I spent on it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, when I saw when I saw well both photographs, you know the Chuck one and the Cynthia one, but especially the Chuck one, and I made the comment, I went, "Oh my god, what a pose!" You know, like you said, that power handshake thing, arm around. It's like, oh shit, this is incredible. Yeah, the photo um, that I've got up on my social media and stuff, and the one that you may end up sharing on the podcast notes, is actually a photo of a photo which I just took on my phone. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a bit of a shadowing of a case. Uh, they haven't uploaded for digital copies yet. Yeah. Um, but uh, someone at work looked at it and they said, it looks like it's from the 80s. Because <laughs> <laughs> of me and my loud shirt and mullet. And... Oh, yeah. Oh, mate. I mean, yeah, what a combination. Loud shirt, mullet. You're there, <laughs> like, just schmoozing up to your buddy, Chuck. Yeah. And, and the great thing is he still looks like Chuck Norris. He does. Yeah. Yeah, he does. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, brilliant. Amazing moment. Yeah, there's there's no mistaking who he is. Yeah, so if you're all right with it, mate, it'd be great to Yeah, uh, of course, yeah. yeah if I if I do up. happen to get the digital photo or the digital photos mm. of both, um I'll send them to you. But uh Yeah. Yeah, they'll be on the podcast notes on the website if anybody wants to uh to have a look. And believe me, they're well worth <laughs> well worth a oh, look. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um and well, then oh, afterwards. Oh yeah, before the, before before that, mate, <laughs> the, the experience isn't over. The experience isn't over. 
because uh, I was shell-shocked just a couple of days ago uh, because nobody's left us a message on SpeakPipe in ages. And then, about two days ago, I had a message and it was uh, the header of it, you know, whether you put the name, was Cynthia. And I thought, no, it can't be. Mate, you're not going to believe this. I'm going to play it right no, now. No, I know what this is. Take that, you bad guy. Oh, hi, hi. This is Cynthia here. Uh, I had the pleasure of meeting Tom at the Comic Con this last Sunday, and I had such a fun time with him. What a guy. Uh, I was just thinking that I would reach out to 60 Minutes with, and, and you in particular, Tom, just in case you're ever in LA you want to meet up again you know for a coffee or a look around my sumptuous house or maybe even do some <laughs> play fighting <laughs> yeah! like that I'm really good at it anyway hope to hear from you Tom Roger Roger over and out how about that mate how about wow that? I didn't she didn't sound like she had a cold on Sunday <laughs> <laughs> well, well that, that, yeah that really put the icing on the cake there you, yeah. go. you obviously made an impression oh of course of course yeah it didn't seem didn't seem that way on sunday yeah uh probably, yeah, probably um, jealous because you had a bit of a longer longer chat with chuck yeah you know? i mean i did meet i did meet her a second time oh let's let's hear all about that then well i was i was just like because there's nothing really much going on the stalls i was just like well you know i bought my i bought blu-ray uh with me so i was like well i might as well just you know get her to sign that and have a bit of a chat as it didn't really happen hmm. previously so uh yeah we, I, I had the blu-ray of writing wrongs with uh yun biao and and herself so got that signed had a chat about it because i hadn't I, I only watched it for the first time a few months ago yeah we we're just chatting about all the various alternate endings got like a photo at the table uh yeah she was really nice i bet that's one as well i bet that's not like a hugely popular one that she gets with sign-ins, you know, because there's a lot no, of No, I don't know. Yeah, like her, her, like her thing, which her photo, you know, saying who it was, and then it was his what films were not. There was just a big old pile of stuff. Writing wrongs was in there, but mm. I don't know if there's what is the go-to Cynthia Rock film. I know a lot of people say China O'Brien. Yeah, that's what I would think. Um, but yeah, then but then there's like people more Hong Kong cinema orientated who'd say writing wrongs. Um, or yes, madam, or something like that. Um, but yeah, or Millionaires Express. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's hard to be like. I guess she doesn't have like a signature film. I suppose yeah. trying to buy might be the closest, but yeah, there's a lot. But um, yeah, it was it's a nice uh, it's a nice Blu-ray release and it looks even nicer signed. So yeah, um, we did a couple of circuits of a, of a con afterwards. Uh, knackered by after that, and the week that preceded it. So. Uh, yeah, uh, always a good time there. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, on to next year. I wonder what guests they'll get for next year then. I mean, you, it's going to be hard to top Chuck Norris. Come on. Yeah, like, yeah, I don't think I'll be spending that sort of money on any other sort of signature. I mean, they won't, they'll never get Arnie, but uh, mm. that would be, yeah, I don't know. I'll see see who they get. I always, I always tend to meet somebody. Um, yeah. <laughs> we shall wait. Wait and find out this time next year, mate. 
Uh, have you got any any more movie related stuff? No, nothing movie related really. No. Okay, then let's move on to a little bit of Sly News. Yo, Polly. Uh, you mentioned it earlier, mate. Expendables, blah blah blah. Even the Expendables Four trailer has been released, and we've both watched it. Now, I again, I broke my golden rule of it's a movie I definitely want to watch. So I'm not going to watch the trailer. But I watched the trailer because I'd got a sort of gut feeling that, uh, I mean, Expendables 3 was bag of shite. Uh, my expectations for this were really low. So I thought, I'll watch the trailer so my expectations can be risen up high. And they weren't. <laughs> After I watched it, I was like, no, I'm not particularly bothered. I'll go and watch it, obviously. I want to see yeah. Sly in the cinema, although I doubt he's in it very much. But it just, it did nothing for me whatsoever. I mean, did it yeah. tickle any sort of action stuff in you? Do you Are you particularly excited no. to watch it? No and no. Um, you know, like, I know there's going to be bits that aren't even trailer. You know, you've got people out for Raid in it and Tony Jars in it. Um, so there will be some good fighting scenes in it, like... That that is for sure. Yeah. But that trailer, like making it look like a rom com with him and Megan Jason Statham oh and Megan my Fox. God, that was crazy. Like, that's just like, wait, well, you're not gonna trick people into going to see the film. Like maybe trick people into watching <laughs> the rest of the trailer. I like really strange. Don't know about that. Mm. Um I mean I'll go as well. But I don't know. Will it be better than Expendables Free? I don't know. They've got like new people in it, but they've got mm. old people in it. But you know, like Snipes isn't there. Like no Arnie, obviously no Bruce. Obviously, that mm. goes without saying. Um, don't even know who the bad guy is. I mean, maybe because both of our expectations are so low, maybe we'll enjoy it more because we're expecting absolutely nothing from it whatsoever. Yeah, that's always a possibility. So there is that chance. So. Again, we'll report back after we've both seen it. And, uh, yeah, hopefully we'll have some good things to say. Um, anyway, on to uh, a little bit more. Yo, Polly! You put me onto this, mate. It's a Twitter account, and it's at every over the top. <laughs> they tweet out. I'm sure you put me onto it. Please correct me if I'm yeah, wrong. Yeah, I did, Ed. I did. Uh, they, when I last checked earlier this afternoon, they were up to, they were one hour and 28 minutes exactly into the movie. The reason I say exactly is because they, they tweet uh, a screenshot of every second, not minute, every second of the film. And yeah, so you can, you can scroll all the way through as these screenshots are released and sort of follow the story. Which is, yeah. it's a little bit bizarre, but it's strangely hypnotic. Yeah, I always like seeing it in my feed. Um, it's getting very near the end now. Like, it's basically like, I I assume he's the, the guy, um, or whoever's going to post to the credits as well. But hmm. yeah, like, they are at the bit where they're at the end of the film. Like, yeah. they're just about, that Hawk and Son, they're at yeah. that bit. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it may be done if very soon as this goes out, but. Um, I tweeted the guy uh, one one of I can't remember exactly what key screenshot, and he mentioned to me that um, they're doing blood sport next. <laughs> every blood sport, every blood sport second is uh, the nice. next one. Nice, 
yeah, so uh, go and follow that. I will put a link to that Twitter account in the podcast notes as well. So go and have a look. Yes. Let, let us know what you think. Uh, yeah, another bit now. Yo, Polly! Uh, a brief one, this, but I want to mention it because I added to my Rambo collection. I think it was about a month oh. ago now. Yeah, I saw on eBay at a bargain price as well. It was the Japanese VHS of Rambo nice. 3. <laughs> it was, holy shit, I've got to have that. Uh, so, yeah, I'll put uh, a couple of pictures of that up on the on the podcast notes on the website as well. Well worth visiting. Mate, they're going to see the Japanese VHS of Rambo 3. They're going to see you with Chuck and uh, Cynthia Rothrock. Wow. You, you know, you've got to visit the website and, and see this. <laughs> um, yeah, I've got I've got one more. Yo, Polly! Uh, it was announced the Sly documentary is coming onto Netflix in November. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yes, obviously, very much looking forward to that one. Following in the footsteps of Yanni docuseries, which I haven't watched yet because I currently don't have Netflix, but... Um, ah. Yeah, yeah, um... Yeah, it looks, I mean, it's a very short teaser, like 50 seconds or something, but mm. yeah, it could be really good. Um, yeah, enough uh, enough to pique any Sly fan's interest, that's for sure. I mean, and you just mentioned as well, and here we go. Put that cookie down, now! Arnie News, you mentioned it, the Arnie uh, Netflix documentary, three-part series. Uh, well, when I wrote these notes, it was coming on June the 7th. Uh, they're all on there. Haven't seen any of them yet myself, but obviously want to watch them uh, because what I have watched... Put that cookie down now! It's FUBAR, season one. We oh, really? Yeah, I think we're four, five episodes into it. Uh, it's, I noticed the other day it was, uh, I think it was tweeted out, it was on a news site. It's, it's been more successful than Ted Lasso. And it's been more successful than Succession. It's been greenlit for a second season. And it's very good. It's very silly. It has been compared, quite rightly, really. It's got a a lot of similarities to True Lies in Mm. the storyline of it, with obviously a few, you know, differences here and there. Uh, But yeah, it's got, you know, it's the typical Arnie humour, ridiculous action, um... And it's just, it's entertaining. Yeah. Very entertaining. I will, I mean, that's with the caveat that if it was a different actor other than Arnie, I probably wouldn't watch it. I mean, I wouldn't have watched it in the first place. Let's get it right. If it wasn't Arnie with me and TV shows. But even if I dipped into it, it's Arnie for me that is the driving force of it and his his sense of humour and, you know, his action star and he's doing action but all of the actors within it it's a good group of them and uh, they all play the parts really well and uh, yeah i'm excited that it's got season two so when you do get to it mate i'm sure i'm sure you'll enjoy it i'd be very very surprised if you didn't yeah well I, it didn't look great from a trailer but no I'll give <clears> it, i will ultimately give it a go like i'm going to get netflix back at some point soon yeah um and uh yeah we'll uh We'll see. Yeah. It takes, I'd say, I really got into it about halfway through episode two. You know? Okay. Yeah. Okay. I give most things like three episodes, but I was locked into it before then. Yeah. yeah. All right. Mm. Interesting. Uh, now we're going to, for people listening now, now is the time to sit back, relax, get comfortable, 
pour yourself a drink because we're getting to the bit which is all about music news. This, this is, uh, it's a big one. It's a big one. So, uh, yeah, take a deep breath because there's going to be a lot coming at you with this. Uh, I'll just throw a few things out there to begin, mate, because um, I know you've got so much, so much. I mean, I've got quite a bit, but you've got way more than me. Uh Steel Bars, a rock tribute to Michael Bolton. There's an album for you. How yes, about yes. That? I think you sent me a message about this a while back. Yeah. So everybody keep an eye out for that. <laughs> Again, because we haven't recorded for a while. Uh, I'm not sure of the release dates and so on. Um, the track listing, I haven't had time today to update these notes, unfortunately. Uh, but a heads up for everybody to just to go. Steel Bars, a rock tribute to Michael Bolton. Surely you don't want to know any more than that. That's all it should take just to go, yeah, I'm buying that. Or at the very <laughs> least, giving it a bit of a listen. Uh, Rob Halford is on Dolly Parton's new album, which is fucking awesome. Yeah, when, that's a great song. <laughs> when when was it he was on stage with her? It was some event, wasn't it, like months ago? Yeah, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. They that both was were it. inducted Priest and Dolly. And like Rob Halford's face, you could see the absolute joy on his face mm -hmm. to be with Dolly Parton. So it's amazing that he's on a new album. Uh, I think yeah, that... and that song also has um, Nicky Six and John Five from Motley Crue oh, my on it as well. God. So yeah, it's a proper rock. Yeah. I mean, she said, she uh, I think her thing was, because she's doing a full-on rock album, so there's going to be a lot of songs. I think it's got a load, load of songs and loads of, I mean, I don't know if you've seen some of the, uh, the track listings. No, I don't think I have actually. Allow me to tell you, there's Ooh. some very '80s related stuff. Oh, excellent! That's uh, that's all very good. I mean, you can't beat a bit of Dolly anyway at the best of times, but yeah. Well, the album's called Rockstar. Cool. So I think it's out. In, yeah, it's out in November. Track listing. Um, well, the opening track's got uh, is, um, the title track's called uh, Rockstar. Um, features Richie Sambora. Oh, <laughs> nice. Um, a lot of covers. Um, Every breath you take, featuring Sting. Mm-hmm. Um, he's doing um. Uh, cover of Open Arms with Steve Perry getting Steve Perry to do a Journey song, a Journey cover. Oh, that's pretty. That's pretty cool. Um, yeah, that is. That's good. Uh, covering Hearts Magic Man with Ann Wilson. Mm -hmm. Um, I want you back with Steven Tyler. God, this, um, this is like a must buy already. Baby, I love your way with Peter Frampton. I hate myself for loving you with Joan Jett and Black Hearts. <laughs> um. Let me see. Let me see. Um, covering Heart of Glass with Debbie Harry. We'll get to her in a bit. Um, one of the ones. Um, God, there's so many. There's so many. Did you do Heartbreaker with Pat Benatar? Oh my God, this is amazing. And, and she's also reunited two of the Beatles. <laughs> she's covering Let It Be, and she's got Paul McCartney and Ringo Starr, as well as Peter Frampton and Mick Fleetwood on that one. Yeah. Well. Uh... So, yeah, it's like a thirty-track album. It's huge. Yeah. So. That's good, mate. Yeah, I'm all for that already. Yeah, no, yeah, I'll be listening to that come November. Yep, me too. We'll uh, report back on that uh, probably in the Christmas show. Here we are. Oh, God, don't. Midsummer. Let's talk Enough about that Christmas. Work. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've got two more pieces, news pieces, and then we'll go on to, I know, because we've got a lot of uh, personal things that have happened music-wise as well. Yeah, oh, uh, God. There's been two 40th anniversaries. The first one um, was March uh, because CD players arrived in the UK yeah. in March 1983. Wow. 40 years ago, uh, there was a Philips player 
and it cost £500 back in 83, which yeah. in today's money, you'd be paying £2,158 for it. Good Lord. Uh, so they were they were they arrived in the UK in eighty three. Now my big memory, and I've talked about this before, like many a times, and even going back to eighty picture house was in nineteen eighty five, and mm. you you could not walk into a music store or like a, a music hardware store, even places like Curry's, if people remember, you know, stores like that that mm. would sell electrical equipment. Every CD player in those places, without without fail, everyone would be playing Dire Straits, Brothers in Arms. Yeah. That was the CD that sold a absolute fucking load of CD players here in the UK. Yeah. Um, I waited until 87 before I bought mine, and I went big time. I bought a six-disc changer, so you could load it up with six CDs and put them all in at once, and you could have them play in order, or you could do shuffle play, where you know it could play one track off one album, and then it jumped to a different album and play another track. It was like it was the future back in 87. Uh, and it was Def Leppard Hysteria that I bought. Nice. Yeah, which another great one to, you know, the sound. And it was like, oh, my God, this sounds amazing. Uh, because yeah, I held off till then, because obviously massive vinyl collection. So, uh, but then once I bought CDs, that was it. <laughs> I bought a lot of mm. them too. But yeah, hard to believe 40 years CD players. Uh, 40 and, years. Oh, sorry. And also, mm -hmm. 40 years later, CDs are pretty much out and vinyl's packs. <laughs> I know. Yeah. How crazy is that? <laughs> is that? That's a good point, mate. Yeah. It's like vinyl's done the upsurge and nobody's buying CDs anymore. Weird. Yeah, crazy, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Um, also, yeah, 40th anniversary, June the 25th, 1983. Kiss played their final show in makeup in Brazil. Uh, well, until the reunion in um, 13 years later in 1996. So that was 40 years ago when that show happened. It was like, whoa. <laughs> And then Lick It Up came out, and it was like, oh, my God, they've got no makeup on. Uh, so, yeah, the whole non-makeup period come and gone, and then even more years with the makeup back on. It's uh, yeah. crazy time, mate, crazy time. Right, I'm now going to have a little sip of Vimto. I'm going to hand it over to you to carry on this movie chat. Um, I don't know if you've got any news or anything, but I know, <laughs> oh, my God, if anybody has had a gigathon it's you, mate. <laughs> if you yeah. would, you like to take everybody through the uh, magical musical journey that you've you've been on? Let's. Um, yeah, there's one or two, one or two gigs. Um, <laughs> the first stop, I guess, will be. I saw Ben. Like, not many people have heard of him. I I sort of came through them because they they have a song on TikTok. Not how I came across them, but a friend had been listening who has TikTok had been listening to him on Spotify. And we had one of those Spotify blend playlists hmm. and um, they're called Thumpasaurus. Um, and I saw them at the Oslo in Hackney, uh, middle of May. Yeah. And they were really good. Like, I can't get, put a genre on them, but they're a bit like funk, they're quite funky, like Rocky, quite funky, I guess. Hmm. Uh, you'd really have to listen to them. The song that went big on um, TikTok is called Strutton, but that's not what a lot of their other songs sound like is, there's quite a lot they sound quite different their songs so anyway and yeah they were good and then i saw they were playing a few nights later in camden at the assembly and i was just like you know what i'm gonna go and see him again and that show was one of the best gigs i've been to this year it was brilliant oh, it was wow. uh it was shorter yeah but it was just yeah it was so it was so much fun um yeah really good time at that uh that gig 
Um, the night before, um, as you'll know on the website, I uh, went off to the Palladium to see Joe Satriani. Yes, you were on review duty. Yeah, yeah, in the Palladium, very nice, very swanky, good seats. Uh, yeah, and just um, it was just Joe, I believe. I don't think there was a support on that one. And yeah, him and his band just, uh, um, yeah, just a great set. Um, really cool to see him live. Hearing songs like "Surfing with the Alien" and "Summer oh, Song" yeah. and all that was uh, live was amazing. Like just people's jaws were on the floor. Uh, so many people on the way out, you could hear them saying, "Like, oh, I'm just going to get rid of my guitar now." You know, <laughs> <laughs> give it up, just give it up because yeah. of Joe. So uh, yeah, that was um, that was fun. Um, oh, yeah, I'd love to again. He's one I've never seen live. Um... And we were, you know, we were off with the press access to it. And he was in, I think it was the night before or a couple of nights before he was in Manchester. Uh, but it was a school night and a no. Yeah, well, a bit as, of a trek. Yeah. And it, it just, it does me in, as people will yeah. hear in a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, we'll get to that. Um, next up, uh, a week or so later, was, uh, you know, uh, any long-time listeners know my feelings on tribute bands. And I'm just like, oh, well... This one was borderline, so it's, it was um, at the Indigo, VO2. Uh, it was called Celebrating Meatloaf. Mm-hmm. And basically, it was Meatloaf's band, the Neverland Express. Um, um, the whole genesis of this is from his, like, uh, um, Paul uh, Crook, I think his name is, um, who uh, used to be an Anthrax, and he's, like, been in Meatloaf's band for years. He produced his last few records as well. Um, and so it's Meatloaf's Neverland Express band playing with um, the guy who won a an American Idol series. Oh, okay, a few years ago. Yeah, and I was like, oh, you know, Meatloaf's no longer with us. It was approved by Meatloaf. You know, he gave it mm-hmm. a thumbs up before he passed away. Um, I was just like, yeah, well, you know, it's borderline. And yeah, it was really fun. Um, I didn't have great seats in there, but um, in the end, I just stood up and like, it's weird. Not, it's not a great gig venue in to go uh, with when they put the seats in. Um, but in the end, I just ended up like standing up, mo- walking forward where so as not to block everyone, of course. Yeah. Um, and just watching it by leaning against a post, um, a bit further ahead. And yeah, like the guy had a great voice. Um, they did. The first act was. Um, pretty much like a best of meatloaf. I mean, they did stuff like it's all coming back to me now for female singer, which was great. And yeah, like out for frying pan into a fire, life is a lemon on a want my money back, all of that sort of stuff. Yeah. And then the second act they did, um, bat out of hell in full, followed by the uh, uh, hot patootie song off Rocky Horror. So yeah, it was fun. Yeah, and um, better than I expected. I, um, I was a bit like tribute. Yeah. Did the vocalist, did he like attempt to try and sound as best as he could? No, like no, he didn't. Or just, no, he didn't. No, he, he just kept sang it in his own the, voice. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. He kept okay. it in his range as well. Yeah. Um, one nice touch is they played um, Heaven Can Wait um, and they didn't have a singer on it. They just put Meatloaf, the microphone stand out and um, put Meatloaf's like the famous scarf and the microphone stand and just played <laughs> it instrumentally, which was nice. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice touch. Yeah. But yeah, it was, uh, it was nice. Um, more gigs what is next oh, I've got, oh there was a film thing well I'll, I'll do that separately at the end okay sorry throwing it all out your your big plan oh my big plan i, I think people know after us after us podcasting for 11 years together mate that our plans don't often go to go to plan do they 
No, no, definitely not. Um, so yeah, jump to mid June, and um, I'm going to see Gwar. <laughs> oh, <laughs> fucking hell! Oh, after I, I mean, hopefully, people listening to this will not only know but have listened to my interview with Gwar. And, yeah, and I said to them, "Oh my god, I'd love to see you live." <laughs> and you went and saw them live. Yeah, yeah, bit of a bit of a like, oh, why not? Um, and yeah, I went, and it was just chaos i thought i was out of a splash zone i was not <laughs> no. uh, yeah it's just you get like um a documentary um yeah you get covered in it like i was a ways back and i was still getting some sprays of um blood and what i thought was piss like blue piss until <laughs> i uh, watched a documentary and i was just like oh no that's more likely blue cum <laughs> Good. It's still got still some of my uh, my converse are a bit stained by it on the laces. But, uh, oh my god! Yeah, but no, it was great fun. Was, just like hold on a minute though. If anybody, if you're out and about and anybody goes, what's that on your converse, mate? And you just go, oh, yeah, it's just blue cum. That's it. and just carry on with the conversation yeah, just, as though what yeah, it's, else. It's just blue cum. Don't worry. Yeah, just got sprayed by some monsters. Yeah, but yeah, it was ridiculous <laughs> fun. You know, like they pick it. They have like they do the songs. Um, some of them were like a bit, you know, like quite punky and thrashy. Yeah. Some of them were like more hard rock. Um, uh, and yeah, it's just like they bring out the bad guy, whether it's uh, Putin or whoever, or just a cop mm-hmm. or someone, and they fight one of the monsters and obviously inevitably lose and have their limbs torn off or their throat ripped out, and then the blood goes spraying everywhere. Yeah, it's ridiculous fun. Um, yeah, they finished it with, uh, if you want blood, you've got it, with just even more blood spraying everywhere. Um, the security, I felt bad for security there in Max, because like, they just would have got the worst of it. Um, I wonder so if they, they knew in advance, you know, or if... I thought one did that, too. Yeah. Just like, did they know, like... They come to or... work, because normally, you know, you security, you stand at the front of the stage, and then, like, the you know, their boss goes, oh, yeah, by the way, you've put these Max on before you go out. They're like, why? Oh, yeah. Surely they were pre-warned. You'd think. It'd be a bit Um, of a surprise if they weren't. Yeah. Yeah, they wouldn't have been happy. But, I mean, I don't know. Hopefully they emerged unscathed. But (laughs) They they have a lot more blue cum on them. That's for sure. A lot of interesting people, uh, looking people at the tube. You know, people who just worn white shirts on purpose (laughs) and gone right to the front. Yeah. yeah, they were getting some looks. You know, they were just absolutely oh, yeah. covered in it, head to toe. Um, yeah, crazy. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. <laughs> Good. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah. So we jumped forward to a couple of weeks to two weeks ago. I can't believe this was two weeks ago. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, so earlier that week, um, Motley Crew tweeted um, about a gig at the Underworld in Camden the following Friday um, by a band called Dogs of War. Um, no one else tweeted about it or posted on social media about it. It was just Motley Crue's one. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a link, and it took you to Dice, the app where you can buy tickets on. Um, and the tickets were on sale on the Monday at 10 a.m., I think it was. Yeah. You Google Dogs of War band, didn't nothing don't exist the dog the o on dogs of war had an envelope much like motley crow uh-huh. 
and the ticket price was £19.81, which was the year their first album came out. Uh-huh. It, it, it soon became a very poorly kept secret that Dogs of War were, in fact, Motley Crue, and they were playing Camden Underworld. Um, <laughs> obviously, the, ca- like, uh, the Camden Underworld is basically a nightclub. Yeah. With a small stage. Motley Crue and Def Leppard were playing to 80,000 people at Wembley Stadium the next day. Whoa. And the capacity of the underworld to fix 450. <laughs> it's a bit of a difference. So I didn't hold out much hope on this, as I'd said to you. So I went oh, on the yeah. Dice app and I was there at 10 a.m., finger on it, 10 o'clock came, click, and I managed to get a ticket. So many people did exactly the same thing as me and didn't. Like, oh, I, yeah. don't know, I just got very lucky. The demand must have been incredible for it. Really must it have It sold been. out in a minute. Whoa. Um, you would you would just, yeah, mean, it I don't was know. just perfect timing. People were saying it was bots and everything, and I was just like, no, it wasn't just pure, pure luck. Because I was doing, I was just there, 10 o'clock, on sale, click, got one. That, that was it. And people were doing the same thing and weren't successful. It's just sheer dumb luck. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I got one. Fast forward to Friday, went there after work. And it was, I was just finishing work, uh, hol- uh, some, uh, I was just finishing for, for a holiday from work. Yeah. Uh, so, that so would be a good start. Um, queuing, wasn't too far into the queue. Got inside. Um, I had to show some ID to get in. I was like, oh, yeah, this isn't some band nobody's heard of. <laughs> oh, yeah. um, and uh, in I went, and there was about three or four people from the front. Um, and then after a while of waiting, out came the crew. Not that crew, Motley's crew. Their support band was their own crew doing some <laughs> cover versions. Um, it was fun for the first song, and then like five songs later, I was just like, yeah, can we... Yeah. Can we get on? Yeah. Um, a little while after that, the lights went down and like they stayed down for a bit. And then out come the dogs of war who were <laughs> as as expected, John Five, Tommy Lee, Nikki Six, and Vince Neil right in front of us. Wow. That close. And just launched into I believe Wildside was the first song. And yeah. just did a hour and twenty minute best of set. Three songs in, I was drenched with sweat. Drenched with sweat. I was. I think I sent you a photo of me just when I came out, just soaked through. <laughs> Absolutely insane, mate. It was what a gig. You know, people, um, even people who were, you know, I think it's going to be one of those gigs where 450 people were there, but about 20,000 people say they were. It's um, the same, yeah, because me and Ike went to the Help for Heroes gig down in London yeah. that Kiss did, and that was... I forget the exact venue, but that was just so many hundred people in there. And we were there. And funnily enough, with you saying about three songs in and soaked with sweat, we were the same back then. And we walked out. Well, we didn't walk out of there. We both sort of staggered out of there as though we were 80. We were like aching so much. But yeah, this, this has since been just what you said, mate. You would think there was 20,000 people had been there. Yeah. And there wasn't. There was just a yeah, few hundred. Lot. There's a lot of people saying like, "Oh, yeah, Vince Neil used backing tracks because you know, like, obviously Vince Neil's voice we all know isn't what it was." Yeah. There was no backing tracks there. You can't get away with backing tracks in a venue that small. It's like ridiculous. And like his voice wasn't great. I'm not going to lie, but it was better than those YouTube videos from about a year ago where it was absolutely dreadful. So yeah. Um, and honestly, the atmosphere of the building, like, it didn't matter. Oh, exactly. It did not yeah. matter. It was absolutely crazy you know they smashed through like live wire and girls 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 and uh, they finished with kickstart my heart and you know all the all the big heavy hitters and <laughs> yeah. it was just shout the devil just 
brilliant. Yeah, everyone just came out just beaming, just absolutely couldn't believe what they'd seen. Uh, amazing, amazing night, amazing gig. What a great gig to go to. What a yeah, great gig. Yeah, unbelievable. So this was a part of my big gig week, trademark. Um, yeah, I mean, just to keep this in perspective for everybody listening, so this was this was the Friday night. The Friday night, the first okay. Friday night. The first, yeah, week. the first Friday night. So right, keep keep that in mind as Tom keeps going on because it, so it's the next crazy. day, the next day was Saturday. Yeah, uh, I went to Crystal Palace Park for a uh, it's called Dog Day Afternoon, which was like a a punk festival, a bit out of my usual wheelhouse, but. There's some bands I'd never seen live before. I was just like, yeah, let's go and see them. Um, it was um, the op- there was an opening band, uh, Lambrini Girls, who I missed because the queue was huge to get. <laughs> Underestimated that. Um, and then um, support was the lower support was Buzzcocks and Stiff Little Fingers, who were fine. Um, and then the first big big act was Generation Sex, which is two members of the Sex Pistols and two members of Generation X, one of which is Billy Idol, mm-hmm. um, covering songs of each of their bands which was good. I mean, it's Billy Idol clearly didn't know the lyrics properly for the um, Sex Pistols songs because he sort of just stayed in the same spot on stage for them. But for Generation Sex, Generation X songs, he moved about. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that was cool, seeing Billy Idol again. Oh, yeah. Um, then next up was Blondie um, on Debbie Harry's 78th birthday, oh, no less. Oh, my God. Wow. Yeah, um, she seemed to be pretty much like, yeah, 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 about the birthday thing. Like, the guy, a few people behind me just kept just shouting, happy birthday, Debbie. And, like, she's clearly, she was just like, yeah, let's, I, I don't care. I don't want to. Yeah. Just wanted to get on. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah, like, 78, that's crazy. She was really good, um, and they were really good. Um, bit of a, you know, one of those things when a band just starts, like, playing the long versions of all their songs. Yeah. And sometimes it works, mm. which I'll get to in a bit. Sometimes it doesn't. And it, I didn't really think it did as much with the Blondie songs, but it was good. Yeah. Um, it was headlined by Iggy Pop. <laughs> First um, uh, London show, I believe, for about seven years. Um, he's 76. Um, now, he's had some sort of spine spinal problem, so he came limping out. He No more with the jumping around and climbing up stuff. He, Physically yeah. can't do it anymore. He whipped his jacket off and was topless immediately, um, <laughs> which was a sight to see at his age. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like when he came out limping out, I was just like, oh no, this is going to be awful. The first couple of songs, like I was like, oh. mm. but then, you know, it was just like I think he got into it more, and there was like, it was like a wounded animal almost. He was sort of like he threw his mic about, mic stand about. He kicks him lighting thing over. He sort of crawled out to where the stands were. Uh, the, sorry, not the stands, the, um, the big video screens were. Yeah. Uh, like, yeah, he pulled it off, but I don't know how many more gigs Iggy Pop's got left in him. Hmm. Yeah. But uh, glad to see him. Glad to see him. Oh, so yeah. So that was a definitely. Saturday. Okay. Then the next day, I was off to the Shepherd's Bush Empire to see Billy Gibbons from ZZ Top. <laughs> so a bit different. Yeah. Um, good spot for that. Uh he sounded just the same. I mean, when you've got that low bluesy gruff voice, when you're when you're again, he's another one in his mid seventies, and um, yeah, he just sounded exactly the same. Mm, that's yeah, good. and he seemed he seemed to be having a lot of fun in his solo band. He's, oh, uh, good. Yeah, he played some ZZ Top songs. He played some covers. Uh, he played a couple of original songs, and they're all just great. So yeah. yeah, that was really good too. My legs were aching by the end of all of that standing there. So. I'm I had a couple surprised. of days break. I had a couple of days break. Um, 
I had uh, well, well, I break. I went to the theatre on Monday, but that's sitting down. So yeah. I, saw, I saw the Crucible, and it was very good. Oh. Um, and then Tuesday was just nothing. Day I went to the cinema in the evening. Uh, and then Wednesday, we need to um, both discuss this. Uh, Wednesday, it was time for Kiss. <laughs> so this is where we talk about Kiss because you went uh, just two days later on a Friday. I certainly did. So um, I'll start, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Uh, me and uh, Rob, Rob Beardsley, a friend of a show, of course, um, were going. Um, we met up earlier and wanted to see Gladiator at the Prince Charles Cinema because why not? Uh, we got there, got to the O2. Um, now, I've been, there'd been a lot of like sales on the tickets. And I think we were actually talking, spoken about like how many people were there. Like it was pretty packed out at the O2. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Whatever sales they did worked. Uh, we got there a couple of hours early or maybe a bit more. Had quickly had something to eat. Um, wasn't going to get a running theme of this week. Wasn't going to get a shirt, but did. I got one for Motley, uh, the Dogs of War because I was like, oh, yeah, just to be like, I was there. Yeah, something. yeah, yeah. And then like the Kiss shirts, I was just like, I, the black ones, I was like, I don't know if you looked at the merch. Um, the black ones were like, yeah, they're fine. But there's a white one with all like Japanese writing mm-hmm. on it as well, which looked really cool. So I went for that. Did you look at the merch? I don't think you bought anything. I didn't buy anything, but my son did. Yeah, he bought the exact same T-shirt. He bought the white one. With, oh, it's like, cool, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Can't blame him there. Yeah, no, it was really cool. I don't, I'm not really one for white shirts, but this was really nice. So, uh, um, yeah, £45 each. Oh, yeah. Ooh, yeah. That's a kiss, though. Um, <coughs> yeah, so, yeah, we started queuing because... <clears throat> want to get a good spot didn't realize that the o2 i don't know if you could see or you knew um at the o2 there was a gold circle yes, oh, yes. These fucking gold circles man <laughs> ego pits um <laughs> i mean you know like for our standing tickets rob and, rob and i paid 100 and we're still not near the front but yeah. i say that when andrew and i went back in oh, blah 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 when was that 2010 yeah i think 2010 jesus hmm. um we were in. There was no ego pit. There was no gold circle. We were just at the front, in a good spot. Um, so we we're closer. So, but this time we were further away. But we were more central. Um, yeah. So we just had a really great view of the whole stage. Yeah. And uh, when Love Gun started and Paul uh, came across, he went right above us. So he was right <laughs> over us. So that was really great. So yeah, in a lot of ways, you know, it was a sort of a better view. Like yeah. obviously we were closer. I was closer at Wembley in 2010, but this time I was like further away but like the whole stage was just right in the middle um so that was really good you had a really good view as well yeah we did yeah we did have a really good good view um oh god yeah i mean do you want me to tell the story for about it or because hopefully um regular listeners you'll know i mentioned about it in the last show that my son had bought me uh well me and him a ticket for the manchester show because we mentioned before i mean I know I wasn't. I wasn't bothered about this tour. I was quite happy that the last time I saw them, which was oh, I can't even remember what year it was. It must have been twenty. Must have been pre-pandemic. Must have been twenty nineteen. Um, when I saw them, uh, I, I was happy. That was the last time. That was what my thirty-first time that I'd seen them, and I thought that's that's enough. That'll do. Uh, but then Yemerson messaged me. Oh, surprise! We've got you for your birthday because my birthday just over a week. Um, I've got you and me take it to go and see Kiss in Manchester. So awesome, because it's his first time, his first time seeing Kiss, mate. Can you believe that? Oh, yeah. uh, so I did say in the last show it would more than likely be quite emotional, uh, and it was. <laughs> it definitely was. Uh, I 
I didn't get much sleep on the Thursday night. Um, not because I was excited about going to see Kiss or anything. I just suffer from insomnia now and again, and I didn't get much kip. Then I was in work all day. Uh, although I say all day, I'd booked an hour and a half off so I could finish at half three because I needed that time to drive from where I work to then drive to uh, pick my son up because he lives with his mum and then drive to Manchester. So we got there. We got there and into the arena immediately checked out the merch and like I said he bought the same shirt as you mate that white one with sort of like the Japanese writing on and everything that that was the standout t-shirt I thought uh, yeah I didn't get one I thought I have got enough kiss t-shirts to be honest you probably do that's yeah <laughs> so uh, yeah I refrained uh, then we got into the arena and we were we were bang in the middle we were in the seats so we were on the back section about halfway-ish up a little bit above halfway awesome view of the stage i mean over the years i've been right at the front and been at the side and been sort of everywhere but because it's his first show and more than likely his last show as well perfect view of the whole stage setup and everything and yeah. i think it was was it the wild things were the first support band and we got there just as they were finishing the final song uh, oh okay so that yeah i don't remember much about them because of course we saw the whole set but hmm. i thought the singer she was really good she looked like she was out of dune um yeah i don't know if she's wearing the same i don't know if yeah. she's wearing the same outfit yeah, that's, that's but no i thought right. she was i thought she really stood out not much else did but i was just like no she was really good yeah like, memorable you know you know like a week and a half later i was, you know still remember her so hmm. um yeah and then obviously the next support was you wouldn't wouldn't put them together but it was skindred <laughs> yeah now i've i was a little bit familiar with skindred i you know i couldn't have before the gig i couldn't have told you the names of any of the songs or anything but i knew of the band you know and they were from south wales newport in fact um mm. so i thought before i went it was like the previous day i put on a few videos on youtube and no uh, not something really i'd choose to listen to at any point uh i've got to admit i fucking love them live i really enjoyed it i think the, the i thought the music was really good live the front man was was really good, funny um yeah yeah he was very funny yeah. proper you know i'm sure he did the same thing in london and all the other uh dates where we'd go um like part way through the set and he'd go right who wants a t-shirt who wants a t-shirt and he got a t-shirt in his hand and everybody at the front's going waving their arms going me 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 and then he just throws it behind him and he, and he goes 25 quid at the merch store now fuck off and that was it. no he didn't didn't he do it it was like oh everybody was in hysterics uh yeah he was really funny and yeah i thought i really got into the songs live i thought yeah i could easily go and watch them again i mean did you enjoy them live or were they a bit of a bit marmite that didn't click with you? No, I really... God, I saw Skindred. I've seen them a couple of times. Like, oh, okay. First time I saw Skindred was, what, 2004, 2005, supporting Soulfly at the UEA in Norwich. Um, and, yeah, I was just like... That was when their first album came out, and I was just like, thought they were great. And I saw them at a download, don't ask me which, yeah. after that. But, yeah, I hadn't seen them since. So, yeah, I was just like, wow, this is cool. And, yeah, I mean, I didn't know too many of the newer songs, but when mm. they did, like, Nobody, I was just, that's the one I always remember um yeah yeah really enjoyable um yeah he's very funny uh the he singer is. yeah he's, um, he's good yeah and um um the, i believe the uh the drummer was wearing a keeping up appearances high synth k shirt uh <laughs> at london <laughs> so which rob pointed out uh which cracked him up so that's good 
that's good very very rock and roll <laughs> <laughs> yeah incredibly incredibly so yeah just yeah really really uh good support yeah. there so uh and then up went the curtain the big curtain oh May and you know I've talked about this with you many times over the years, and I you know I told Kyle about it, and I you know I was explaining driving there, I was explaining to him, I was saying, oh, I said, you know, I was got into Kiss in '79, immediately bought every album they'd released up until that point. I was known as the Kiss fan at school, and then 1980, the Unmasked tour. Said there was no internet back then. I said the world was like really different. And I said I'd got no idea that Kiss were in the UK and doing an mass tour until in school. <laughs> and the lad goes, I've got a ticket to see Kiss. And it was too late. I couldn't get one. So I missed the mass tour. I had to wait a few years till the Lick It Up tour. So I was telling him how the first time I saw Kiss, because um, I saw them a few times on the Lick It Up tour, was in, in, um, in Leeds. And my dad drove me there. And I was saying, like you know, forty years later, I'm now the dad, and I'm driving. <laughs> I'm driving my son, and it was like, oh my god! I said, this is just like I'm getting as I'm sat here now, mate. I'm getting goosebumps. Honestly, it's just you know, this is how much um, it meant to me. And so I was explaining all of that, and he knows, you know, how much I love Kiss. You know, he used to have it on in the car when he was a little kid. And um, always remember, and he, I can't remember even the exact age. He was he was small, and every time God of Thunder would come on, it'd go again, again, again. It was like God of Thunder was always his favourite song. Um, so yeah, so the, you know where we're sat, and then the curtain goes up, and I was saying, oh yeah, it's like you know, it takes every time I see Kiss, I go back to that fourteen-year-old kid who holding Dynasty in his hands back in nineteen seventy-nine. And it's like the same now. So, but like the bonus is like, I've got my son with me. You want, you know, this is like incredible. And it's your first show. And, you know, like I said, I'm here for like number 32 and it's just going to be amazing. And oh my God, it was beyond amazing. There are certain things that happen in your life, certain, certain uh, events and that stick with you forever. Oh, this, this is etched into my mind this evening. Mm. Oh, I, to begin to explain, I can't even begin to explain it. It was just one of those nights we were, um, he threw his arms around me. We're in arm in arm. We're singing like every single song together. We're jumping up and down. We were getting teary together. Um, yeah. God of Thunder. God of Thunder. So remember, it's his favorite song. So um, he needed a wee. He needed a wee halfway through. Which is one of which is one of the things he's got Asperger's and one of the things is it you know he's got he, to get him out now the fact that he's coming to gigs with me and he's he's doing things yeah. that he would never do just a few years ago is is really yeah. good, um, and one of, one of the things is you know he'd very often have to go oh, I need to go to the toilet and it's just like a coping strategy and have to get out of the way and sometimes it's yeah. a bit of sensory overload and so on, um, so he he went after after Skindred and then he he came back and then Kiss Rom. And he said, I need to go to the toilet. I need to go to the toilet. So I said, right, I'll tell you the best time to go so you don't, you know, miss anything too much. So anyway, he went. He missed about he missed about three quarters of Psycho Circus is what he missed. Okay, fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. Because I knew, you know, he wouldn't want to miss, you know, the blood spitting and the fire breathing. And God forbid you can't miss God of Thunder. When, when God of Thunder come on and started his face, because I was watching him. I was watching him, but obviously, a few, you know, quite a lot during the gig just to see his face and, you know, yeah. living it through him. Um, 
his face. Oh my God, it was a picture. And then the song went on and it finished and he turned to me and I've never seen him so excited in my mm. entire life. He went, that was godly. That was godly. <laughs> just like so made up with it. And then the rest of the gig, like, again, we were just like arm in arm and just singing. And, and you know, he got to the, like, the second to last song and um, he looked to me and he was like filling up and I was going, oh, God, I'm going to cry. Uh, like, so, um, yeah, rock and roll all night finishes the show off. Um, and even though we were at the back, I got, you know, all the ticker tape that comes out. Yeah. So even because it just blows everywhere. So I got two red pieces and two white pieces that I've still got in my wallet that I'm nice. going to, I don't know what I'm going to do with them yet, but I want to do something as a bit of a keepsake for him. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'm just sort of mulling over a few ideas yeah, what to do with right. that. Um, I saw um, people, you know, when the, the giant balloons came out for, I think it was I Was Made For Loving You, um, people were grabbing, I mean, they probably were in Manchester, but people were just grabbing them to keep. <laughs> now, I saw they were, right? So, I was, we, you know, we're looking down and we're seeing and some of the balloons are bouncing and then the, it was mostly the people towards the back of the standing area. And I saw one in yeah. particular. Um uh, this uh, this woman grabbed the balloon and then she immediately brought it down to her feet, you know, to keep it safe. And then there was people around her and they're trying to drag it off her to get it bouncing again. And she's having none of it. She's going, no, I want this fucking balloon. I'm taking it home. Then one son of a bitch, I don't know what he'd got with him, must have gone, oh, well, fuck you then. And he burst the balloon. And ah. I thought... <laughs> it's like well, maybe a key or something. Uh, God keys. knows. And he burst, but a few after the gig, as we were walking out, uh, somebody was carrying a balloon. Um, you know, they were they were doing that. Yeah, uh, yeah. I saw on the tube. Actually, it was on the tube. When, it was on when I got off at my stop on the Northern Line. I got off and like I, I walked past and I saw someone with a balloon, and it was just like <laughs> it was God. so small at this stage. Oh dear God! I was like, every time you get home, it's just going to be completely deflated. Yeah. Put it in a drawer. I don't know. But, uh. <laughs> um, so yeah, we we made our way out of there. Uh, we park. We had to park in a different place. We normally do. Hadn't been to Manchester Arena since before the pandemic. Uh, we used to always. I mean, this is like years and years and years. Always parked in the same place, directly opposite the the side of the arena. You just you literally cross one road and you're in the arena. And, yeah. you know, it was a big piece of wasteland. And this is, so again, not been there since before the pandemic. So I said to Kyle, I said, all right, we'll park in the normal place and go. And then we're driving to it. And I thought, what the fuck is that big building? And the car park is now Manchester College. It's like no. covered it. So, yeah, that was um, a little bit interesting. Thankfully, we found a parking space close to, um, a lot smaller, but... Um, yeah, not much, not much of a walk, which was good. So yeah, we got back in the car. Uh, we stopped. We had to stop at McDonald's on the way because we were both like so thirsty. We were hungry. Uh, so by the time I, <laughs> I dropped him off at home and then driven back here, then I have to take Bodie out for a walk. Then because I've been driving so much and I've been to a kiss gig for God's sake, my brain was just mm. like couldn't like turn my brain off. Uh, so I got two hours sleep because I was working on the Saturday of all the, of all the days. Because don't normally work Monday to Friday, uh, but I was doing the tech, um, I was live streaming an event at work. So I was in work all day Saturday. Uh, how I got through it, I have got no idea. I think the only reason I got through it was just 
still the adrenaline of the night before. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Uh, and then Sunday was a complete write-off. It was just, it, it just did me in. Which, as you carry on with your your week of mm. gigs in a minute, mate, just that little bit of me, you know, I think I had about four hours sleep on the Thursday, work all day Friday, driving, gig, driving, two hours sleep, work. That did me in. Sunday was a complete write-off, but yeah. it was worth it. Every single minute, everything that I said in the last show that I hoped it would be, it was it was all of that and so much more. Really Amazing. Was. I'm so glad you went. Yeah, if you know, which I'm presuming, you know, this is the last kiss gig I'll go to. What what a one to finish. What yeah, I mean I hope, I hope that is the yeah. last one. Yeah, because yeah. that is a it was a great way to leave it. Like everyone yeah, it was such a great show. It's been the the tour has been so well reviewed. Like, yeah, yeah, this is going out on top. You've done it. Yeah. Um, for Rob, um, this was his first proper like arena show. He hadn't been to a like he'd been you know like just venues like Shepherd's Bush Empire, you know that sort of thing. He hadn't been to like mm-hmm. no to you know a big arena one. Oh, God, what a first show for him! He was oh, blown away. God. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he didn't know what to say at the end of it. Because you know, I do acknowledge there's people out there and go. Oh, it's fake kiss. It's you know Tommy and Eric, and it's not Ace and Peter, and you know, Paul can't sing like he, he used to, and they don't move around the stage like they used to, and all oh, back in track, this, that, and the other. But for when it gives you memories like I had that night yeah. with my son, I'm so glad they've gone one more time around the world, and and you know, and given me and Kyle this experience. No matter you know. I've, and you as well, you know, we've seen them from years back. We've seen them when they were a lot better in in lots of different ways. But they're still giving people memories that will live with them forever, no matter what you say. And you can't knock that at all. No matter what you think about the band or who should be in it or who shouldn't be in it, you mm. cannot knock that they're still giving people memories that will live with them forever. Yeah, and they still do a lot, you know, they're in the mid seventies, oh, you were Gene and yeah. Paul specifically, and doing all that. Yeah. Getting on that that thing and going to the mid- that stage in the middle of the arena, mm-hmm. um without any, you know, harness or anything like that. It's crazy. Right? Oh yeah. Yeah. It um is. but in those platforms as well. Oh my god, um, yeah. I couldn't do it. <laughs> I couldn't do it. Now. Even, uh, no, 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 same. And even um my eighties kiss is the best kiss. Um itch was scratched with heavens on fire <laughs> oh god yeah lick it up warm lick it up war machine you yeah. know um i love it loud you know it's yep. uh yeah yeah great it was anyway yeah. anyway let, that was that was wednesday that friday. was so so you've done friday which was dogs of war you, yeah, you no. went to the fest the big festival on the saturday yeah, we did Billy Gibbons on the Sunday. On the Sunday, so that's Friday, then, Saturday, uh, Kiss, Sunday. KS was on the Wednesday. So right. the next day, the Thursday, ooh, I was off to British Summertime at Hyde Park for the first of three days on the bounce. Um, headlining on the Thursday was Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band. This would be the fourth time I'd seen them. Um, <laughs> now, the support, God, I can't remember the support properly on the Thursday. Generally speaking, the support of the three days of British summertime, which wasn't great. Mm. Um, I'll get into like more. The main support was the Chicks. Oh yeah, it was Frank Turner um, and one of his bands who I sort of half paid attention to. Yeah, uh, the Chicks are formerly the Dixie Chicks. They were okay. I've, it was an after an hour of it. I was a bit bored. Like it got a bit samey. Didn't really know any of the songs, but they were fine. I guess wasn't really my thing. Um, 
and then bang on at seven o'clock. Um, I should say this was like I was just general admission for this. Like they got they were doing the diamond platinum bollocks, very expensive <laughs> tickets for Springsteen. I'm sure as people remember uh, when they went on sale. So, but I was a ways back, but it didn't matter really. I've been up, I've been in the gold circle for Springsteen before, so I was yeah. fine. So, um, yep, bang on seven o'clock, out he came and proceeded to play for three hours, as you might expect. As he pretty much has to do, he's sort of written himself into a corner. He now, has, he? Into a corner, like yeah, like he's expected to do the three-hour <laughs> mega sets, uh, and he did, and it was brilliant. Um, uh, yeah, some pl- stuff I hadn't heard live before. There's a version of a song, um, not one of his most well-known songs, called "Kitty's Back," which turned into like this big jamming session where everyone sort of got uh, looking. There was some just great renditions of some other songs. Um, yeah, it was great and the weather was perfect outdoor festival weather about 21 degrees a little bit cloudy oh yeah yeah spot on nice cool breeze yeah so yeah um i'm not a massive fan of Hyde park as a venue as well uh but yeah it was yeah springsteen made it Mm -hmm. um uh dogs were barking afterwards after standing up on (laughs) not surprised for ages yeah um a bit better the next day because i spent more time sitting down because the next day was the day two of uh, well of the British Summertime Festival uh, gigs I was going to uh, this time was Billy Joel. <laughs> now um, again, uh, the support was—I yeah, mean, it was weak. Um, one of the uh, low points, uh, musical live low points of my life, is seeing Natasha Bedingfield cover Coldplay. <laughs> Ugh, I don't know, you know, like if Natasha Bedingfield's your sort of thing, then. Good for you, great, but what on earth she was doing supporting Billy Joel? Mm. Just for support, like going back to support. So, like the main support for Billy Joel was Daryl Hall out of Hall and Oates. A couple of nights later, he was doing um, uh, his own solo show in London, I think at Shepherd's Bush, and um, Todd Rundgren was supporting him. Where was Todd oh. Rundgren on this bill? Yeah, yeah, that that would have been better. Playing on this Friday night. Uh, I think well, again, Shepherd's Bush was um, uh, Southside Johnny and the Asbury Jukes, which was a band that started up in New Jersey at the same time as Springsteen. Stephen Van Zant was in the Asbury Jukes as well for a while. Yeah, where were they on the bill? Yeah, like they're yeah. literally these people were literally in town. Instead, we got Natasha Benningfield. Um, I was looking forward to Daryl Hall. Unfortunately, he was not good. Oh dear! Like he was. You know when these singers do sing about fifty percent of a song, he had oh, a very good yeah 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 he had a really good band which helped, but he was just like and when he was he was talking a bit of it or singing in a different tone, but when he did actually do a bit of singing, he sounded all right, but which was strange. But yeah, it wasn't great. I sent I think I sent you and Tina a video of you make my dreams come true. It was not good. Mm. No dreams came true then, <laughs> not for me anyway. Yeah, it was quite disappointing. Um. What wasn't disappointing was Billy Joel, though. Oh, oh my God, incredible! Just no, I've never seen him before. He rarely plays in Europe. Uh, it was his only Europe, European date. Um, and yeah, absolutely two amazing hours of all the hits. I mean, obviously, of course, it's all the hits. He did. He stopped making albums in 1993. So <laughs> yeah, it was absolutely brilliant. And as is tradition, he brought out a special guest. Um, Everyone, I guess, was assuming it was going to be Springsteen. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't. It was Joe Jonas um, of the Jonas Brothers to do a cover of Uptown Girl, which 
don't know much about the Jonas Brothers, but he was really good. Oh, okay. um, yeah, it was a lot of fun, that cover. So, um, yeah. Brilliant, 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 brilliant. Loved it. Oh, good. And I got to sit down a lot more, so I wasn't yeah. like, I wasn't, I wasn't <laughs> aching as much. Yeah, that's a bit of a plus too. So finally, on the gigs fund, um, I'm back to Hyde Park for the third day in a row. Um, bit rainy, the weather, uh, this time, unfortunately. Uh, this was to see... Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band again. (laughs) (laughs) Two nights out of three. Yeah, basically. So yeah, I uh, yeah I just went again. Uh, Even though, as it turned out, the chicks were supporting again. I I I don't know if enjoyed is a word, but you know I was. uh, Um, yeah, maybe enjoyed is a a bit more because I sort of knew the songs, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, James Bay was supporting, and I was sitting with my back to the stage eating some nachos when he was on. I don't know. What he was like, he didn't seem like he sort of seemed like the insipid, bedwetter music, indie stuff that I don't like. Okay. Um, yeah, just I think I recognize one of the songs off an advert for a car or some shit. Um, but yeah, I just don't know what was going on with that support this time. But Springsteen was amazing again, um, mixed the setup a bit. The second half was more like pretty much the same, but in a bit different order. But interesting, he dropped a lot of. Heavy, well, quite a few heavy hitters that he played on Thursday on Saturday. He didn't play Born in the USA, yeah, and he did on Thursday. He didn't play Thunder Road and he didn't play The River. I was just like, wow, those are three wow, heavy hitters. He, he, um, he did, he did play, which he didn't play on Thursday, Darkness on the Edge of Town and the East Street Shuffle, and about three other ones. So I think it was like five or six different songs, um, um, in total, including at the end a cover of uh, Twist and Shout. Uh, which was a sort of response to the last time he played half Hyde Park with, and Paul McCartney came out to do Twist, twist and Shout and they pulled the plug. Uh, <laughs> didn't bring out Paul McCartney, thank God, but uh, did do Twist and Shout. So I mean, that, that's a nice touch, though, just changing up the set list a little bit for, yeah, for people like yourself, because I'm sure there'd be many others that would go, it's Bruce Springsteen, I'm going to go to both nights that he's doing. So, you yeah, know, just, yeah, just to abs- make it a little bit fresher for you. Yeah, absolutely. Um and uh yeah it was great even the songs that he played like um like dancing in the dark and uh pretty well night and you know it was just it was i'd just heard him for the first time in years live you know it'd only been two days so yeah um great version of the song mary's place with a refrain of let it rain let it rain let it rain when it was pissing it down (laughs) and everyone just like didn't care and we're just singing and dancing it was yeah it was great and uh um I'm all right with taking a bit of a break from gigs for a few weeks because that was exhausting. Oh, I'm not uh, and, that, surprised. And, then, and that was a Saturday, and then the Comic Con, which we already mentioned, was a Sunday. So, oh, that that was uh, an endurance test to say the it least. It was a big. It was. I mean, there's a reason I booked it off work. Imagine going. Uh, to, well, you couldn't have done it anyway if you were working. There's just no way you could have done it. Yeah, I mean, I could have got there for like for for Springsteen and Billy Joel and Kiss, but I wouldn't have got a good spot, or as good a spot as I did. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was yeah. What like I said to you and Tina, like, I'll never forget that week as long as I live. It oh has God, been no! Incredible. Um, yeah, I mean, when you look at it on paper, you know, it's in my diary. I've had it written down for ages. And you're just like, okay, yeah, cool. But then when you're doing it, you're just like, wow, this is amazing. Like, I'm doing all this. <laughs> it's absolutely incredible. We were joking on WhatsApp at the time, weren't we? Because you'd found there was a world record for the uh, the amount of gigs somebody had done in in a year. And I, yeah. w- I was saying to you, mate, you can beat that easily if you put your mind to it. Yeah, I don't think 
it is um because it was like 86 in a year and it just sounds very low it does really doesn't it when you think yeah yeah um yeah, it doesn't sound like because there was people. I think it was a Facebook post or a Twitter or a tweet. People were replying to saying like, "I've done the hunt. I did 132 last year." And shit like that. <laughs> Loads of people. So yeah. like, um, I don't know if it's if I think anyone could easily challenge them on that one because <laughs> that's not. I mean, what well, did I do? 33 last year. Was um, it 33? Yeah. Oh god. Yeah, it was quite a few, but maybe more. But it was. Um, yeah, it was. It's doesn't seem a lot considering <laughs> no. it's three hundred and sixty-five days a year, eighty-six yeah. gigs. Yeah, that's not even. You know, that's not much. Yeah, that's really. A, a good a good run that you did there, though, mate. Definitely a good run. Oh yeah, yeah. And I'm uh, as I say, I don't. Um, as it stands, my next gig, my next gig I'm going to is in October. But I'm, I'm obviously there'll be more before then. But yeah, um, I'm all right. Not going to a gig for a couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, I, I've been, it wasn't just Kiss that I've been to recently. No, you've, you've been to some. Yeah, the uh, the music chat continues because just a couple of weeks after we recorded the last show, uh, I was on stage. I was on stage again at the Tivoli, who I'm sure... Get him off. <laughs> I'm sure, again, regular listeners, you would have heard me talk about the Tivoli, the music venue uh, up here in North Wales that I been frequenting since the mid 1980s uh but yeah i was i was on the stage again talking to this is so bizarre when you think about it mate so um may the 19th i was uh on stage with bez of the happy mondays doing an in conversation with uh with him which is made even more bizarre when you think to it with i think it was february february march time in 2019 I was on stage with Sean Ryder from the Happy Mondays doing exactly the same thing. So four years later, I'm back there, back at the TIV, uh, doing 90 minutes on stage, uh, just chatting with Bez. And then it was like a half hour Q&A with the audience. And I was taking questions from the audience with him. Uh, get to the TIV early, uh, go upstairs into the green room, into the changing room, uh, chatted with Bez for about 20 minutes, introduced myself, of course, and, you know, going through stuff. Uh what a great guy. What, what a genuinely great, funny, down-to-earth guy who's got a lot more to him than a, than people think if you just see him on TV. I'm sure a lot of our listeners will be familiar with him. Uh, and if you're not, go down, a, go down a YouTube rabbit hole and find out more about him. Uh, but there, uh, another reason it's so bizarre, mate, is because now, right, I've been, I've been on stage doing Q&As with both of the main members of the Happy Mondays, and here's me, Mr. 1980s Hair Metal. <laughs> and, it's the, mm. and it's two of the Happy Mondays, which is so different from, um, you know, the music I'd listened to. Uh, I had been into the Hacienda a couple of times back in back in the 80s, but then I would inevitably finish in Jilly's, which was the rock place there. Uh, but yeah, he, he was a really lovely guy. I can't say, you know, anything bad about him at all. Uh, on the website, if you want to go and read, Tina did a great review of the evening. Um, so, you know, go and visit that and spend a few minutes reading her review. Uh, but, it, yeah, it was a pleasure doing that. And it was a, a laugh uh, a couple of times <laughs> during the 90 minutes with him. Uh, I struggled to carry on talking because I was laughing so much. Yeah. Uh, the stories he's got, he, he doesn't hold back, mate. He's got no filter. He'll just come out with everything. Uh 
case in point, talking about um, sticking like Cadbury's chocolate finger biscuits up the bum. You know, it's just anything and everything goes with, goes with him. Was, yeah, yeah, anything could come out of his mouth. So that was really good. Uh, then, uh, just the following month, uh, it was June the seventeenth. I was back in the Tiv, uh, back as a punter, and um, Chris Holmes. Oh, mate, with his band Mean Man. Chris Holmes, of course. If you're not aware, the guitarist with Wasp back in the day a band that I saw on every UK tour they did in the 80s uh, numerous times. Again, love Wasp, huge, huge fan of Wasp, uh, huge fan, obviously, of Chris Holmes. And um, amazing gig. He sang, he took lead, lead vocals on all of the Mean Man songs, which is his band, uh, and his bass player did the vocals on all of the Wasp songs. Uh, on our YouTube channel, there's a couple of videos up on there, I think, like two or three songs for each video, so... If you don't follow us on there as well, give us a, a sub on YouTube. That'd be nice. Go and watch the Chris Holmes videos. Uh, after the gig, again, got upstairs, went into the green room. I had uh, 10 minutes with him. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, walked in. And he was like, oh, he nearly caught me naked because he was topless. And yeah. um, he's, he's lost a lot of weight, mate. Uh, mm. Hopefully a lot of people listening to this have seen the documentary. I think it's like two, was it two years ago now? Maybe three years ago, the documentary about him. Um, and you know his battle with cancer and so on, and because of because I was asking him obviously you know about his health that's the first thing I did, and you know he's been going through chemo and radiography, and uh, yeah he was uh, skinnier than I've ever seen him, but he was in fine form you know he wasn't ill, uh, and he said he was feeling good, um, but from the from the documentary and the pictures that you see of him and the album covers he's a, you know he's a lot skinnier, uh, he's got. <laughs> I'm not going to go into the full details. I'm not going to repeat exactly what we, you know, the full conversations we had. I'm putting it out there on air. Let's just say if you're hoping for him to join Wasp at any point for any kind of farewell reunion, don't get your hopes up. <laughs> He's, uh, yeah, had a good chat about Blackie to the point where his wife went, Chris, will you stop talking about Blackie? <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, I mean, it's it's not it's not new news that there's a lot of animosity between them. But he told me uh, he told me some good stories, <laughs> that's for sure. And had a picture taken with him, which was cool. In fact, here you go. Here's another picture that will go up on the podcast notes on the yeah. website. Got my picture with him and the band. Uh, and when you see me stood next to him, uh, remember that just before the picture was taken, he went, "I'm going to crouch down so I don't seem so tall." Yeah. <laughs> So he was crouching down a little bit. So he is quite a bit taller than what you'll see in the photograph. Uh, yeah, great evening, mate. Great musicians, great band, great songs. Uh, and, you know, good guy as well. Uh, that was, I mean, this is nowhere near what you've just said about your week of gigs, but this was on the, oh my God, this was on the Saturday. So on the following Thursday, back to the TIV again, um, when me and Tina went. And it was Jeff Tate was there and he was doing the entire Operation Mindcrime album. And then on top of that, afterwards, he was doing some more songs as well. Now, I've said, and we've talked about it, I'm not. I never have been a huge Queensryche fan. Not sure no. exactly what it is about them. I gave them a go, you know, back in the day. But there was something about them that never really clicked with me. Um, yeah. Tina's done a show, I can't remember what episode it was, um, 
she did a soundcheck show all about Operation Mindcrime because it's one of her all-time favourite albums. And she'd she'd seen the band back when Operation Mindcrime came out, you know, big arena show and so on, but hadn't yeah, seen yeah. them since. So she was really excited to go and see them. Now, where we... I was going to say sit. We don't sit. We stand up at the, at the top bit. It's a, you know, um, inverted commas, sort of a VIP section of the TIV where only the bands can get, but we go in there uh, and we stand there and we've got a good view looking down on the stage. You can also see into, you know, the green room, the changing room, and we could see Jeff Tate doing his vocal warm-ups and so on. And I Ooh. nudged Tina and went, look, look, he's there. He's there. You know, because <laughs> she is a big fan. Um, so we saw him doing all of his vocal warm-ups and that. And... Uh, yeah, the, oh, we missed we missed the first um, support band, which was a local band, I think, if I remember rightly, called uh, Entity. Missed those. Uh, but we did see the second support band, Dax and Roxanne. Fuck me, they are awesome. Musically, yeah. great. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah, musically, great. Um, vocalist is amazing. The songs are so good. And again, uh, Tina's written a, a, a review. Well, I did a review of the, the Mean Man uh, gig on the website. Tina's also written a review of uh, Jeff Tate on the website. And she talks about Dax and, and Roxanne, particularly the guitarist. Oh, my God. Talk about entertaining. He was the type. He was leaping on the drums, off the drums, leaping over the other guitarist, coming into – he was doing everything. You couldn't take your eyes off him. He was he was so entertaining and mixed that in with, you know, the songs are really good too. So, yeah, I'm going to keep a close eye and both ears open for Dax and Roxanne. Hopefully oh, the nice. uh, touring again, if, if anybody ever sees them touring near them, I heartily recommend that you go and see them. Um, nice. they, yeah, then it was time, you know, for Jeff Tate to come out and I was like, oh, okay, here's Tina's bit now. I've, you know, I've had my entertainment with Dax and Roxanne. That was a nice surprise that I wasn't expecting. I'll sort of sit back now or stand there and just sort of take it in. I was very pleasantly surprised. His his voice was amazing. He's, you know, and he's, I'm not sure exactly what age he is now, but he's going to be clocking on a bit. But the songs that I've listened to a good few times on the album came to life a lot more live, as is often the case, you know, mm. I admit. Uh but yeah, I thoroughly bloody enjoyed it. I really did. It was way better than I was expecting. Of course, Tina loved it too. Um, great, great show. We could have met Jeff Tate again. I'm going to be careful what I say. Could have met Jeff Tate upstairs in the green room. And if it was left to just Jeff Tate, we would have met him. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> There's some members of somebody's teams that sometimes it's the manager, sometimes it could be the wife, sometimes it could be the wife who is the manager. Um, cock blocks in different ways. Again, I'm not going to go into the full details, but it was a bit of a pissy thick. Tina was like really pissed off and was like, right, fuck it, come on, we're going. Um, I will tell you off air, mate, <laughs> exactly what happened. Yeah. But we didn't. I know. We... I, yeah, I know what you mean. Sometimes it's just one unrelated person. Yeah. It? So, um, yeah, we didn't get we didn't get to meet him. But, that, you know, that's no biggie. You know, we don't go to meet these people. You go for, yeah. the, you know, go yeah. for the experience. You go for the gig. And and the gig was good and the experience was good. So we can't knock that. Um, so, yeah, go to the website. Written reviews as well of Bez. 
uh, Chris Holmes with Mean Man and Jeff Tate. And uh, yeah, go and read those. And then, of course, after that, it was Kiss that we've talked about. So yeah, a few gigs. It's, it's nice to be back with live music again. More so. I mean, you, you know, you've had a lot of opportunities. You're in London now. Um, God, how long have you been in London now as well? Oh, um, like 20 months. Bloody hell. This is all going yeah, too going quick. Yeah, for two years. Jeez. Yeah. So, you know, naturally you get a lot more opportunities with London. Mm. Um, and there's been some, you know, we've been offered some good review stuff of which you've kindly gone yeah. and written the reviews for us as well. And, you know, bands are going to come and whatever. It's inevitably they're going to play London rather. Not many come to Chirk in North Wales. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, we, we've got no... No gigs lined up. I mean, there's a spoken word one. I think is it October. We're going to see Adrian Edmondson in Manchester mm. doing, you know, just you know a chat about his life and he's, he's got a book out then. So uh, I think that's the only thing we've got booked as far as sort of live events go at the moment. But uh, yeah, they were good. So things will come up. They will come up. So that that people told you it was going to be a long one with music news. That was. I missed the opportunity then, mate. I could have done a Paul Stanley. People! Instead people. of just people. People! Um, yeah, you did say you'd... And I'm pretty sure I know what you're going to say. You did miss a bit of movie stuff that you were going to go yeah, back to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll just touch on it briefly because I did a big review of it on the website. Yeah. But uh, the BFI Film on Film Festival mm-hmm. attended that um, recently. And, yeah, that was a really good festival, really good few days. Um, saw f- films on all sorts of, you know, like not just like 35 mil. Like the closing night was Jaws on 35 mil, which was absolutely brilliant. Great experience. Oh, yeah. full, full crowd at NFT1 who were so into it. Um, uh, but, like, I saw a film on Nitrate, um, <laughs> which is like... Um, which is very flammable. Incredibly flammable, yeah. We had to have like a safety talk. There was supposed to be a film on a few days prior. They were going to open with um, Mildred Pierce and Nitrate. Um, and uh, because of like uh, something up with a projector, they couldn't safely do it. So mm-hmm. they showed it on, they had a backup brand new 35mm print of that, uh, which was great. Um, but yeah, um, No Way Out uh, with Sidney Potier was a film um, and the the print was over 70 years old. I think it was 73 years since it last been screened in the UK. And, uh, yeah, it was a bit like, oh, every time it crackled or something, like, oh, oh no, you know. <laughs> Were you getting but, ready to run for the fire escape? Yeah. yeah um, but yeah, it was great. And then on the Saturday, there was a 3D day, which is just incredible. Like we, they did Hondo, uh, Dial M for Murder and House of Wax. Mm-hmm. Um, and you... We, we wore the glasses we wore during the last 3D fad um, uh, and they have two projectors running the film as at the same time and no matter how long the film is even if it's like 80 minutes you have to have like a 6 or 7 minute break to change change right. it around yeah. but yeah just an incredible achievement there's a special they've installed a special silver screen for the 3D ones and yeah it was just brilliant it was such I've never seen so many people at the BFI um, just there was like demonstrations and all sorts of great stuff going on you can say you can read about it on the website hopefully it'll be back next year yeah um uh yeah it was absolutely great um yeah great weekend yeah i know again from the whatsapp messages we were swapping at the time when you were there there was 
there was loads going on. It did look so interesting. It wasn't just about the films. There was loads of other stuff, and it does it does seem like an event that if hopefully they are going to do it again next year, if you're in or around the area, it seems like one of those, yeah, you need to go. If you're, you know, any interest in film whatsoever, you need to go and take uh, take advantage of this one. Yeah, no, um, absolutely, yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm sure we'll, we'll be posting about it if they do it again. So, yeah. uh... I've just thought as well because, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, didn't you, after you'd seen Guar, didn't I say to you, you need to watch the Guar documentary? Uh, yes, and I did, and yeah, it's really good. It is good, isn't it? <laughs> And again, if you know, if, even if you don't like Guar, go and watch the documentary. It's uh, it is very entertaining. Yeah, yeah, they've been through a lot that band, and um, yeah, yeah, it's a really good film. Ah, uh, I do have. We haven't finished yet. This is this. Oh is, God, this is why we're, we're not doing movies. We're just the website got... is <laughs> email addresses and uh, three little bits of video game news just to finish off. Uh, we talked about this game before. Robocop Rogue City. Mm, um, yeah. It's going to be released this September. There's a hands-on preview on the GameSpot YouTube channel. Uh, this went online, I think it was like about a month and a half ago now. Uh, so just, um, you know, maybe there are more hands-on previews since then. Buy sat and watch this. It seemed uh, okay. Uh, if I remember rightly, it's made by the developers that made... Um, I think it's Terminator Resistance that I've played and was okay. You know, it wasn't shit, wasn't great. Uh, it seems one of those at the moment, 20 quid and under, and I'd pick it up and give it a go. But other than that, I wouldn't. We'll see what happens when, uh, how, how polished it is when it gets released this September. Uh, WWE Supercard game, which I don't play. But um, this is so out of date. I don't know why I even bother reading this now. Uh, WWE Supercard game. Uh, there's a RoboCop event until May the 30th, mate. How oh, good. Right. What great news that is for everybody <laughs> in July. Uh, so, yeah. If you did play it, let us know. Was it any good? Because <laughs> uh, it's too late to join in now. Finally, our mate, John Carpenter. Uh, and if you haven't listened to me and Tom chat with him, that was in the past episode, go and search the website. Uh, so he's got John Carpenter's Toxic Commando game. Right. It's going to be released in 2024. The advert for it had a cover version, so we're still into the 80s, of You Give Love a Bad Name. Oh. Yeah. Who did who did the cover? I don't know. It wasn't a great cover from what I remember. It was like, yeah, yeah you know, good song, but iffy cover. Uh, so, yeah, more than likely I'll be giving more updates on that before it's released in 2024. Yeah, interesting. You know, mostly because John Carpenter's got his name um, attached to it. So, and there we go. God, my, vo my voice is going, mate. My throat's getting sore with talking. Um, yeah, we've we've spoken a lot. Yeah, and considering considering, I think in the last in the last six weeks, I think I've only released one fifteen minute podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's, oh it's God, been, yeah, it's been that busy. So yeah, getting back into the swing of it is um, is taking its toll on my voice. But we, no both me and Tom and the rest of the team, will be back with more podcasts uh, over the next few months. Things will be getting a bit more back to normal. Um, so prepare your ears for more shows. Uh, I think that's it for us, though, mate, isn't it, this time? 
Yeah, I think that is just about everything. It is everything. So, as usual, 60mw.co.uk, numerical 60, not alphabetical. Go there. That's the website. Everything is on there. All the podcasts, news, reviews, social media. Uh, remember that we're on threads now at 60MW Podcast. I'll have to add that to uh, to the links if we can do at the moment. Um, follow the Twitter still because we're still on there for now. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see if it totally implodes or not before we record the next show. That'll be interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and thanks for listening. Me and you will be back. Um, we said, isn't it the end of August? We'll record the next show back to normal, back to movie chat. Yes, which will be good. So we shall bugger off. You have you eaten? Are you going to eat now? Yeah, I'm going to have something to eat and um, watch something. I don't know. Um, Not go to a gig. <laughs> no, I'm going out. I'm seeing uh, Chris Howe tomorrow. We're going to a stand-up uh, comedy evening. Um, but that's it. That is literally, you know, like coming up the next week, coming up week after nothing. Mm-hmm. It's the diary is kind of empty. I mean, things will happen. Like. Um, the other night, I could have gone and seen The Who at O2, but I, just, I couldn't be asked. Well, don't blame me, mate. I mean, it would have been nice to have seen The Who, I guess, but when you've been to the amount of gigs that you've been yeah, to recently, just, it's, it's yeah. Like I say, happy, happier just to be like taking a few weeks off gigs. Yeah, yeah, I'm not surprised. Right, well, we'll bugger off. Uh, again, yes. thanks for listening. Watch out for new shows come in and uh, tell your friends about us. Unless you think we're shit, then don't say anything to them be fine yep. yeah we'll go so uh as i desperately try and find the theme tune music there we go we shall <laughs> i've got it my thumb's right on it right <laughs> good chatting to you again mate and uh we'll uh we'll see you soon goodbye see ya